Hey y'all. Hey, welcome hey. back to Red's Time. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Um, welcome back to I and a Killer Podcast, where we chat about true crime stories, usually something unusual from our perspectives. I'm Carter. I'm Eloise. And I'm Erin. And welcome. Um, it's oh. always weird, like, saying hey, because they're right. not here. Right. But they will be here. Especially so since we've already been, like, talking on the microphone, trying to figure everything out for... 15 minutes today which is our record time because it took weeks the first time (laughs) we had to buy some mics send them back get some more Mm -hmm. test it out it didn't work so get a mixer now we need a new usb cord it's okay though (laughs) yeah one of these episodes will start it without complaining about (laughs) (laughs) one of these days welcome to the we figured it out welcome to the figuring out how to start a podcast podcast right that's (laughs) um i don't think we have a sponsor this week no i don't think so okay yeah so we sponsored ourselves high five friends go us (laughs) (laughs) um but if you are interested in sponsoring an episode those monies go toward transcribing our episodes so that our deaf and hard of hearing friends can access this podcast with the rest of us um so I'll just slide right into the current and crime for this week. Yes, sir. Sounds good. So I'm going to be reading an article from TrueCrimeDaily.com. It was posted eight uh, August 25th, 2021, this year. Um, and it was written by Kenny McBride, I believe. So the title is Michigan Man Gets Life in Prison, <laughs> prison for Murdering Grandma with Piggy Bank and Beheading Her. It's just so much. It is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit. It's right a lot on here already. <laughs> we ain't even started. <laughs> I just like Piggy Bank. We should just read the titles of the articles and let that be it. Honestly, <laughs> the current honestly, because that tells me everything I need to know. Right. I need to know more. I am curious. <laughs> um, so in Mon- Monroe County, Michigan, I believe it's abbreviated. Don't kill me if it's not Michigan. Um, a 47-year-old temperance man was sentenced to life in prison for the 2020 death of his 79-year-old grand stepmother, step-grandmother. How do you say that? I mean, I think, I, yeah, I want to say step-grandmother. Step-grandmother. I want to say grand-stepmother. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> grandmother. Stepmother. Either way, it's by marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, whom he beheaded after killing her. According to WTOL-TV, in addition to the life sentence without the possibility of parole, Keenan McBride was also sentenced to 114 to 480 months for mutilation. He was convicted of first-degree murder and disinternment and mutilation of a dead body on June 10th, 2021. Uh, the Monroe County Prosecutor's Offer office wrote in a statement that the victim Cecilia Gibson lives with her son who is also the defendant's father WTOL identified Gibson's son as Kenneth Reese McBride was reportedly staying with his father and Gibson at the time of her death when Reese came home from work at 3am on Friday 7th oh, not Friday February 17th 2020 he reportedly found a body with significant significant amounts of blood in his darkened living room can you imagine? Yeah, no. Mm, no. At 3 a.m., you just stumble in and there's a body in your house. I think I'd just turn back around. Yeah, Fair, no. no. I uh-huh. definitely would. I would walk right no, back I cannot the fuck out. Yes. Yeah. I would also have trauma with getting up in the middle of the night from then on. Right. Like, yeah. I would, milk and cookies, not me. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not happening. <laughs> Forget about Bitch, it. Remember what happened last time? Like, no. Who's going home from work? I feel like that's somehow even worse. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. I already hate coming to a dark house. Yes. 
So I'm I leave trying. my living room light on mm-hmm. all night, regardless, just so people think someone's up in the living room, but also yeah. so I can see my way upstairs. Yeah. I need to get one of those little timer things because it ends up being on for 24 hours. We're getting really off track, but <laughs> I, my, my, my light bill be high, but I'm scared. <laughs> um, McBride, who was home at the time, reportedly said he had, quote unquote, no knowledge of the struggle or the body. According to the statement, Monroe County Sheriff's Office deputies arrived at the scene and found the dismembered body of Cecilia Gibson and clear signs of a violent, bloody struggle. She was 79. Why are we struggling? What? Why were you fighting her? Like, okay. The The Monroe County Prosecutor's Office wrote, McBride and Gibson got into an argument over McBride's children. All but one of whom McBride had ignored for years. So he just trifling in general. Mm-hmm. McBride reportedly had injuries on his hands and head that reflected a physical struggle. I'm glad she got some licks. Yeah, I'm glad she beat his ass, but she went out strong. Yeah. But he said he got them from working on his car. No, sir. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> McBride reportedly beat Gibson with a piggy bank and a... It's not funny. Sorry. And a metal child gate. <laughs> it is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's and a metal child gate, hitting her at least 19 times. After she died, he reportedly used three different knives to decapitate her and then <gasps> threw her head in the yard. Oh, my God. The head reportedly ne- landed near where Reese parked his car, but Reese did not see it when he returned from work. Because he wasn't looking for a head no, in his jail front yard. Exactly. Yard I can't. No. Investigators found knives, bloody jeans, and torn photographs of McBride's children, as well as DNA evidence that linked McBride to the crime. What? Wow. Yeah, that's so much. It's like, so much. No, that's so fucking much. She was seventy nine. So basically, what happened is, I guess she was like, "You're a trifling ass daddy, and you should do better." And so he murdered her with a piggy bank. Like what? And then beheaded her. And then beheaded. That's because it's one thing. I mean, it's a lot of things to murder with a piggy bank. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, you have but to be extremely violent to do to right. do some shit like that. Cause... And then murder. <laughs> And piggy bank, like, what is wrong with but you? But then to be head, and it was like, and it takes a tried, lot to cut somebody's head off, right? Exactly, and clearly he didn't know which knife to use, so he tried one knife and then was like, "Oh, let me keep going," because it's super important to me that I get this head out of the top. Like throw it in the yard, like not in the trash, not in. It's, <laughs> not, oh it's not funny. It's absurd because it you know what? Absurd. You know what? The wildest takeaway from all this is. The easier thing to do would just be to take care of your kids. But then, wow. like, niggas, Listen. niggas don't want to wow. take care of kids. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to beat this bitch with a piggy bank, decapitate her, because I'd be damned if I take care of my kids. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Like, I'm not, you're not going to catch me out here changing diapers and fucking packing lunches and shit, bitch. <laughs> wow. Like, niggas, that's Will you see, put it like that? I'm not, that's why I'm not going to get pregnant by no nigga, because, like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, it's specifically as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was a one percent of a chance, like chance of it happening, but like now it's like a hundred percent. I'm not doing it. Like, to clarify, this is a non nigga nigga that we're talking. This is about. yeah. This is a very very non nigga person we talking oh about. But still, yes, I can't do it. Oh uh, wow! You know. Step grandmother. She was 79. That's so sad. She was hitting the age where it's like, okay, I I made it to the ripe old age mm-hmm. of 80. Because yeah, nobody right. says ripe old age of 70 something. Like, that's, I mean, you are older, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she right. made yeah. it throughout all her life just to get, like, the other lady we were talking about in the other case who was like a ballerina when she was younger or something oh, yeah. like that. She made it all to that time right. instead of dying of old age. Here comes some trifling yeah. ass non nigga. Like, 
who killed you because you spoke the truth. Like, yeah. Just skip town. Just change your name. Yeah. And that's so, so inhumane. Much. I mean, there's no humane way to do that. But you know, she was an older woman. Yeah. So you didn't have to do all that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like you could have done it in a different way. I'm sure yeah. it's also her house. Did I say whether or not? Yeah, that'd be the I other thing. So, He's laid up in my was... house. Right. Yeah. And you're going to murder me because I'm asking you to be responsible? Ooh. Yeah. Can't even fucking do it. Well, that's yeah, current and crime. Yeah, that is what's that's what's going on in the world today. That's what else was there. That's what's what's happening in these streets. All right, I did it again. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't okay. know. You're funny. <laughs> we're back. Welcome back, y'all. Uh, we're ready for this week's story. This week's case. And it's our lead investigator, so take it away with a content warning, detective. Thank you. Okay, so content warnings, mentions of suicide, domestic abuse, sexual assault, including rape and molestation, incest, and extreme violence. God damn. I know, it's a lot. Um, Okay, so this case is based in France, so I'm not even going to pretend to know how to pronounce some of these names and stuff. <laughs> Just do your best. Right. Oui, oui. So <laughs> all, I'm all one of mine. our... <laughs> <laughs> no sleep card is the best card. <laughs> um, yeah, so all like one of our French... Um, listeners, don't get upset with me. But um, this is the story of the Papin sisters. It's P A P I N. It might Not be sure. Papon. Papon? Yeah. Okay. They just say what's more comfortable. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, don't try to remember that. <laughs> okay. I'm just adding my two cents. I'm going to say it in my Midwestern accent and <laughs> we'll just go from there. Um, okay. So Christine and Leah Papon, Papon, referred to as the Papin sisters, came from a troubled family in Le Mans. It's M-A-N-S, okay. Le Mans, France. So the city of Le Mans is known for a famous car race that takes place every tw- every year called the 24 Hours in Le Mans. And also they're known for the Papin sisters. So <laughs> that tells you enough. <laughs> oh, damn. Um, for 24, is the race 24 hours? I didn't, look in, I didn't look into the race. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about that race. It's yeah, all about no. the Papin sisters. That's what, I'm saying. That's what they know for. Let's get into it. Um, okay, so their mother's name was Clemence DeRay, and their father's name is Gustave Papin. Um, although there were rumors around town that Clemence was having an affair with her boss. And according to the different sources, it was like she was, they weren't sure, whatever, but there were rumors. Um, so Gustave still loved her according to this uh, source. And in October of 1901, she became pregnant and then they decided to get married. So this is in the early 1900s. Oh, okay. Um, their first daughter, Amelia, was born in February of 1902. First girls always be named Amelia. Right. <laughs> I wonder if that's like the most common name. Yeah. Um, so Gustav was always skeptical of his wife in the affair. He can never really let it go. And after about two years of, um, or after Amelia was born, he decided that he was going to take a job in a different town to take Clemence away from her boss. But Clemence was not having it, and she threatened suicide and was throwing a fit. And <laughs> they must be fired. Right? I was like, girl, you're not doing a good job. You're trying to cover up this affair. Right. But it just furthered the suspicion, and um, 
Eventually, Clements agreed to move because she was pregnant with their second child. So the couple moved and they started a new life in this new city. Are these kids even his? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, I listened to a podcast about this, and that was a question that was brought up there, too. But they didn't um, have paternity back then. So yeah, it's like it was it, like... They turned out kind of looking like him. It was... It yeah, just was what it was. Yeah. Accepted. Um, so the relationship progressively became more vo- volatile, and reports showed that Clements showed no affection for her children or her husband, and that she was an unstable individual. And then Gustav turned to alcohol to deal with all of it. So he was an alcoholic, and she was not a great mother. Yikes. So it's a great foundation. Um, okay, so now the children. Amelia, who um, was born before, the, or who they were pregnant with before they got married. When she was 9 or 10 years old, Clement sent her to the Bon Pastor Catholic Orphanage. Yikes. Why is she at the orphanage? Yeah. She has two whole parents. The fuck? Two terrible parents. Um, So this orphanage had a reputation for being cruel to children. And Clements knew this and she still sent her there. Trash. So later information surfaced that her father had raped her at the age of 10. So after the fact, they found out that the father had raped her and then the mother sent her to the orphanage. Oh, whoa. So Amelia later joined um, a convent that was connected to the orphanage and became a nun. So that's kind of her story. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. I like kind of... It's like a good turn. Yeah, a better one, I guess, depending on how you... She wanted to join the convent, so I want to say it was a better turn for her. But um, she's not the focus of this, so... Oh, I thought she's one of the sisters. (laughs) She is one of the sisters, but not one of the... not one of the important ones. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> no. I just imagine Sorry, like a I mean, killer nun or No, something. in the, in this case, you don't want to be an important one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Christine, who was the sec- who is the second child, was born on March 8th, 1905. Um, she was a Pisces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the name, but okay. The person I was hanging out this weekend is a Pisces. That's funny. Oh, interesting. Um, so she was the difficult child. Soon after she was born, they gave her away to Gustav's sister, Isabel. So Isabel was a good caretaker, but she thought that men were, quote, the human embodiment of evil. I mean, <laughs> bitch was ahead of her time. <laughs> <laughs> honey. Yeah. Not the human embodiment, though. Allo? That's very poetic. Literally, she hated men. And Christine just grew up with this ideology, so... Um, she remained with her aunt for seven years and after she was forced to go to the same orphanage as her sister. So while they, they were both there at the same time and they became very close at the orphanage and um, Christine actually wanted to join the same convent, but her mom wouldn't allow her because she wanted her to work to be able to send money back home. So it was said that she had an average intelligence and her personality was strong and um, she was kind of like a leader type. Her employers reported that she could be insulin at times, but she was a hard worker and she knew how to cook. Hmm. So that's Christine. Leia is the youngest one, and she was born on September 15th, 1911. She was shy, and she was a Virgo. Uh, This is for Carter. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know. Um, So evaluations indicated that she was of slightly lower intelligence than her sister, and she was more introverted, quiet, and obedient. And from infancy, Leia grew up with her mother's brother until he died. 
And then she went into a different orphanage until she was 15 years old. Why do they keep having kids if they're just going to give them away? I don't know. Girl, they have birth control. Right. I mean, yeah, they also didn't have birth control. Yeah. Or the pull-out method. I personally would just be a lesbian, but that's just, I don't know how they treated bitches who was like bumping coochies back then. So like, I don't know Yeah, what the deal Definitely was. not well. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So she's kind of had to push out these kids. But an orphanage, though, that's so cruel. Yeah. Especially that's if true. you know the orphanage is trash. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is perfect for you. Yeah. They, yeah. She didn't care about her kids. Um, so all of the three sisters had been subjected to awful abuse throughout their childhood from orphanage, their mother and their father. And then, like I mentioned before, the mother barely cared for them. And the dad was also abusive in every way imaginable. Um, Despite the age difference, Christine and Leia became very close, especially after Amelia had left to go to the convent. Um, Christina and Leia witnessed both their parents fighting verbally, physically, and they had to defend themselves against various forms of molestation from their father. So eventually the parents got divorced and it's not because of, you know, the reasons you think like maybe the mom doesn't like that the dad raped Amelia or that he was trying to molest her other children. It was because she was jealous and she thought that Amelia had asked the dad to do that to her. What? Girl, she, no, she need her ass beat. I'm sorry. I hope the kids murdered her. Yeah, no. <laughs> Honestly, Don't tell I'm kind of rooting for them at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is, it's an interesting story. You'll see, like towards the end, there's nuance. So shortly after the divorce, Christine and Leia spent some time in a mental mental institution, and during this time, they were really quiet and they just barely talked at all. And they were always together, and they got really close. Um, people who witnessed this reported that they believed the girls were telepathic because they had an unspoken understanding of each. You have? I think. Okay. It's starting to feel a little familiar. I did not know all this backstory, though. I'm interested. Okay. Um, So some people even suggested that they might have had more than a sister's relationship. Oh, they might have, like, incestuous? Yeah. But that was never, like, um, a concrete observation, but it was talked about in multiple sources. So take that as what you want. So I in take that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might also be like a thing, like whenever they see like women being close, like super close to each mm-hmm. other or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that might have been like something. But then every history book calls every lesbian couple gal pals and roommates That's so and weird. stuff. I know. You're right. So I don't know. Um, Maybe they was, you know. Yeah. I don't want to do that with any of my siblings. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I just them. chose to write that down and forget. <laughs> <laughs> Um, In 1926, after they were released from the institution, the girls managed to get jobs as maids, and they were working as live-in maids at a mansion for Mr. Lancelin and his wife. So at this point, Christine was 21 and Leia was 15. Wow. Yeah, there was a solid age difference, but they were still super close. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge c***? Us too. Wait, can we even say c***? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big couch. Mwah. 
also just like really young yeah i like in my mind was picturing them older at this point yeah the story like i mean i'll tell you how old they are when all of this ends but it happens like when they're all younger than we are basically Mm-hmm. So Renee Lancelin was a retired lawyer, and his wife Leonay and their grown daughter Genevieve all lived in a beautiful two-story townhouse in the city of Le Mans. <laughs> You're doing great. Okay, I'm yeah. doing my best. Yeah. Um, Christine served as the family cook, and then Leah cleaned the house. So the sisters were, by most accounts, good girls, quote unquote, um, model housemaids. Every Sunday, they dressed up and attended church, and they had reputation as being diligent workers with proper behavior. But they were known to be super antisocial, and they preferred the company of each other over others. Which I'm like, so? Yeah. (laughs) Um, By outside accounts, the family treated them really well. They ate the same food as the family, lived in a heated room, and were paid the standard wages at the time. Which I don't feel like is very well, but... (laughs) Right, yeah, no. Sounds like the bare minimum to me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I guess of the time that... When it came to maids, they weren't treated well at all. So the Lancelins were the envy of every French upper-class household because they seemed to have dedicated and hardworking domestic help. So in truth, the girls were subjected to horrible working conditions. They were forced to work 14 hours a day, and they had less than one day off a week. And then rather than spend the one day off socializing, the girls always stayed in their room. And there were reports that they would occasionally visit a psychic medium who had told them that in their past life, they were husband and wife. What? Which is weird. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't help with the incest stuff. Yeah. Um, So neither of the sisters had spoken to Renee, the um, father, during the entire time that they worked there, which was seven years. Just so weird. Um, they were at the total mercy of the wife, who was very particular and often upset with the girls and their work. Um, it was reported that the wife only communicated with them through um, writing notes. So they were just like, I'm not going to speak to you. Um, it was reported that the wife would pinch the sisters and subject them to small forms of abuse when they didn't do exactly as, they, as she asked. And no matter what, the sisters always kept to themselves and they were always together. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> so on February 2nd, 1933, it was dark and it was raining. And after a shopping trip, Leonay and her daughter, Genevieve, were set to go to Leonay's brother's house. And Renee was going to meet them there. So the family was not expected to be home until later into the evening. Um, it was around this time that Christine and Leah had finished their errands and they had picked up an iron from a repair shop. This iron had been blowing fuses and like making all the power go out in the house. So they had sent it to a repair shop and that's what they picked up. But when they brought it back and plugged it into an outlet, it blew a fuse again and all the lights were out. But the, the sisters decided to wait until the morning to repair the fuse because they, they knew the family wasn't going to be there until super late. But Leonay and her daughter arrived early around 5.30 because they either wanted to drop off bags or it wasn't really clear, but they just stopped by the house early and the house was mostly dark. So when Christine informed Leonay that the iron had broke again, um, Leonay was sent into a violent rage and yelling, screaming, and pretty much attacked Christine. And um, Christine ended up smashing a pewter jug onto Leonay's head. So a pewter jug is like a vase, like something you hold water in if you're not mm. sure what that is. So it's a hefty item. Yikes. And she smashed it over Leone's head. Um, this led Genevieve to come to her mother's defense and she attacked Christine. An infuriated Christine allegedly shouted, I'm going to massacre them. What? She was fed up. 
That was the last straw. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. Not massacre, though. Yeah. I mean, if you worked in service, if you worked in food or retail, <laughs> I think you can kind of relate. But yeah. I wouldn't commit murder, but no. I, I feel it. But my friend just told me that, I think it's raw in downtown Atlanta, midtown Atlanta, um, someone shot the ship. It's only funny because the person didn't die. They shot the ship manager, like one of the raw sushi people are fucking. Oh, she was there up. last week. Yeah, and they live like walking distance from it. So he told me about it, and I was like, "What? Are you serious?" And at first, I was just a complete shot, but I was like, "I mean, as a server, I yeah, that's what I'm like, hey, hey, wow. not going to shoot anybody." Sadly, promise, but wow, <laughs> you have those nights. That's how it is. And then they did. They weren't even getting paid that much. They had like one day off. Yeah. They were probably living. They already had all this PTSD and trauma. Who knows? what the mom was really doing to them or the right. father and all the stuff they went through with their parents like this was the last job she was like uh-uh, i'm getting rid of everybody <laughs> also i'm just picturing them in their, these early 1900s french dresses right like, oh, yeah. with their and right. Like, right. Is, like so dramatic <laughs> yes. their hair is all done up right. oh god um i think they actually have a few like either documentaries or something about um this case so maybe we can okay, check those out so after Christine yelled that I am going to massacre them, she lunged at Genevieve and tore out her eyes with her fingers. <gasps> what? Yeah, I gouged her eyes out. Oh. With her bare hands? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I know it turned up a little bit. That's more than just All being fed no, That's a lot. Yeah, no. They, <laughs> she was planning this. When she said massacre, she meant it. <laughs> no. Um, Leia quickly joined in. So Leia is Christine's sister. And she quickly joined in and grabbed Leone. Christine ordered her to gouge out Leone's eyes, which she did. So Christine ran downstairs to the kitchen to get a knife and a hammer. And she proceeded back upstairs where both girls bludgeoned and sliced the mother and the daughter. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sis, I was like, why do you need a hammer and a knife? It seems like one or the other would be sufficient. <laughs> yeah, that's Especially because the hammer has that sharp side. Right. Sorry, that yes. was a little... Bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah, shit. Really kind of dark. I'm but. so shit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, all I know is listening to your Honestly, my first thought was that she was going to use the hammer and knife like a hammer and chisel. And I was like, that yeah. is OD. Yeah. But, oh. Oof. Yeah. That's so much. And I don't know, I keep saying that, but that's so. It is. It's so much. <laughs> you already gouged my eyes out. Why you got to bludgeon me, too? They, they tired of it. They got paid like a whole dollar for the whole seven years they worked for them. Like, it's, it's time. Yeah. So the sisters lifted up the skirts of the two women and began cutting into their buttocks and their thighs. And some sources say that they even spread Jean Viev's menstrual blood onto her mother's body. Oh, I am disgusted. No, no. No, this this was some kind of planned. I feel like they were. She was thinking about this beforehand because at first it sounded like bitch was just like she just snapped. Yeah, but you know, knowing where the weapons were, well, I guess they service, so they know yeah. where all the stuff is in the house. But still, like, it was no. really brutal though, and also the fun. fact that her sister immediately was like, "Shit, bitch, I'm in." Then, immediately, she like, was like, "You what? know what? I got you," <laughs> and then jumped in and, and to do this, shit. like. But menstrual blood, though, like, that's a different type of hatred. That's, like, there's something behind that that I just can't, like, pinpoint. It's giving me witch. Like, the fact that they targeted their eyes and then they're using menstrual blood. Mm. Yes. Most definitely. I don't know. It feels, like, ritualistic or something. That's why I'm, like, it's something. Like, there's, that's strong. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm, like, there's something 
behind that, that I just can't. I listened to a snapped episode one time and someone murdered someone and then she like painted their face. I think it was black or maybe it was white, but it had to do with like the religion of like her ancestors. Basically, if you obscure someone's face, they won't be recognized. So their Mm. spirit doesn't get like accepted into the spiritual realm. So I'm like wondering if like that kind of like situation is happening here at all. Or maybe it's just mad as fuck and a little bit off. That's what I'm saying. Because there is no no evidence of that. But I mean, who knows what they were talking about in their room together. So or not talking. Just sending telepathic messages. (laughs) (laughs) So Leone and Jean-Viev were found with their eyes gouged out. Their faces smashed beyond recognition. Their legs slashed with knives and their bodies were left naked. Um, One crime scene analyst said that it looked like a bloody orgy. Okay, moving on. Christine and Leia proceeded to clean themselves up. They locked every door in the house. They lit one candle in their room and then they waited for the inevitable. They lit one candle. A single candle. This this is a movie. What the fuck? Yeah. This sounds like too too everything to be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. And that's why I said it sounds so like premeditated too. Because the other girl, like, she didn't have no hesitation. Yeah, she was just there. Oh, it's time? Okay, (laughs) bitch. Right. Literally. (laughs) We're doing this now. And then they just sat in the room and waited to get arrested Mm -hmm. with one candle. Yeah. I would have burned down the house. Honestly. Right. Go out Something with a bang. Like, Nobody was yeah, there. At least try to run away. Yeah. But I guess they didn't care. <laughs> so when his wife and daughter didn't show up for dinner, Renee returned home with his son-in-law. Mm. And they found the door bolted from the inside and the house was in pitch darkness beside a, f- a faint glow coming from the upper level. Um, Renee contacted the police and they broke into the townhouse. So the police entered and found the murder scene. Both women were unrecognizable as their faces had been completely demolished. Their teeth were shattered around the room, and one of Jean Viev's eyes were on the top of the stairs. Oh my god, uh, it's gruesome. <laughs> These bitches didn't care. <laughs> like, ooh, they didn't care. That's a lot. A broken teeth. I know. That hurts. I'm gonna brush my teeth. Oh my god. <laughs> Investigators later found the other eye under Jean Viev's body, and um, Leone's eyes were found in her neck scarf. Yikes. Blood covered the entire scene and had even splattered the walls two meters above the bodies. It was reported that the investigators found the victims with their skirts up and their underwear pulled down. But during this time in France, it was improper to take photos with genitalia exposed, so the investigators pulled their skirts down before taking any photos. So after the police discovered the bodies, they searched the rest of the house, and they thought that the killer had done the same thing to the sisters. So they were looking for them to see if they were Because there's literally no way this... How old are they now? 16 and 21? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 15 and 21. These young women, girls did this. I would never believe that. Right. Right. That wouldn't be your first thought. Walking in on that horrific scene. Yeah. yeah. These young women that are apparently like just doing their job, never talking to anybody. Mm. So when investigators got to the upper level, the door was locked and they had a locksmith come in and unlock the door. And the sisters were found in bed together with their robes on. Some report that they were nude. (laughs) Um, Next to the bed on a chair lay the bloody hammer with bits of hair stuck to it. I am stressed. (laughs) It's just getting grosser and grosser. It really is. And I feel like it came out of nowhere. It's kind of like your case. Yeah. Like it was just like nothing happened for a long time. And then all of a sudden they're just Just gruesome. 
So um, the police asked what happens, what happened, and the sisters immediately confessed to the crime. They claimed it was self-defense, and Christine simply said it was her Self-defense? Says, homegirls, I was on the stairs. <laughs> exactly. Like, what no, are you defending yourself? <laughs> self-defense. You didn't black the bitch eye. Right. Like, you chopped them up. Self-defense that she was coming at me, so, like, I hit her the wrong way, and she died. because Right. She it, hit her head or something. Yeah. Right. It's definitely stairs. not, I can't even tell who this person is anymore, because you bludgeoned their face. Right. And left their eye at the top of the stairs. <laughs> Girl. That shattered teeth. That's like, so purposeful. You went. You took a some some sort of break to go to the kitchen to get a hammer and knife. Like you went and got tools to come back. The fact that you even had time to do that says it's not self defense. Yeah, right. Not in a real way. And lock all the doors, light one candle, and sit there in your ropes like it's a spa day. <laughs> like girl, uh-uh. <laughs> we're not falling for that. Okay, so the sisters were forced apart and sent to different prisons. And Christine ended up suffering a severe mental breakdown because she wasn't with her sister. And eventually the authorities allowed a meeting between the sisters and reportedly Christine behaved and spoke in a way that implied a sexual relationship. Mm. So maybe it was true. After all they've been through, like I wouldn't blame them. Like I said, I don't, if I had a sister, I wouldn't want to have sex with my sister. But, like, all the shit they went through with their parents and, then like, being yeah. molested by their father, possibly being molested and abused at the orphanage, it probably skewed their sense of, like, sexual attraction. Yeah. Like, I'm very close to this person. This is the only person who I could pro- probably ever feel safe having sex with. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. So the defense argued that the sisters were temporarily, temporarily insane during the time of the murder. Um, They cited a cousin of theirs who had died in an asylum, a grandfather who was prone to violent attacks of temper, and an uncle who had committed suicide as evidence of hereditary disposition towards insanity. Jeez. Um, The family is cursed. That's what I'm saying. Right in the family. Um, The court appointed three doctors to administer psychological evaluations to the sisters to determine whether or not that they were sane. Um, Christine exhibited indifference toward the word and indicated she had no attachments except for Leia. And the doctors reported that Christine's affection for her sister was the only was of family devotion in that they did not detect any kind of sexual context within their relationship. Hmm. So on the other hand, Leia looked up to Christine as a big sister or mother figure. The evaluation stated that the sisters had no pathological mental disorders and the doctors deemed the women completely sane and indicated that their unusual close union caused the Caused the sisters to act out together. So they were deemed um, sane, basically, is what that's saying. The jurors only took 40 minutes to deliberate, and the court eventually decided that the sisters were guilty. Christine Pappen would be put to death by guillotine in oh, the public shit. square at Le Mans. I know, this was the early 1900s, so they were still doing shit like oh, this. Oh, yeah, they were still doing, like, biblical shit. Right. Like, so and... literally a guillotine, which sounds, like, wild and to so even... Wild like think that people were killed that way so she was put to death by guillotine she would be put to death by guillotine in the public square at le mans on september 30th 1933 and leia was considered an accomplice and given a lighter sentence of 10 years of hard labor right (laughs) hard labor I need to know what hard labor is. That's what I'm saying. Is it washing people's clothes? I got them like breaking rocks with mallets. I feel like that's what it, like that's what I picture. Yeah. Like hammering metal when it's hot and stuff. That's really specific. Like the colonies on Handmaid's Tale? Oh. Oh, yeah. Low key. Maybe. I don't know. Because I didn't have like waste and stuff back then like that, did they? 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no clue what it could possibly be. That sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. So this brutal mur- double murder enraged the city of Le Mans, and it shocked France. There had never been a brutal murder like that before. Um, the case attracted the interest of intellectuals of the time, including psychotherapists, philosophers, and writers. And they even sympathized with the girls and argued that the murders were the manifestation of the class struggle, which is kind of what you mentioned earlier, which I thought was interesting. Like, at this time, people were talking about class struggle. Yeah, that's so interesting. So they believed the girls rebelled against their mean-spirited masters, reflecting the poor conditions under which the people who worked as servants to the rich lived. And prominent intellectuals held up the crime as an example of class warfare. I wonder if, like, everybody else's domestic help got a raise after this. <laughs> no. <laughs> they probably just got things. looked at sideways, like, you better not do nothing. <laughs> right. I'll fire all y'all. Look here. You better run me down money. <laughs> Are you like, going to end up like the... You heard about <laughs> what happened. Down the street. <laughs> down the street, right. Listen. And we know what all your shit is. You don't. You don't know what none of now is that bitch because you don't even know how to make ramen noodles. Okay. <laughs> not ramen noodles in 1930. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Top Grandma. Like, <laughs> no, girl, listen. If I would have used that to my advantage, they probably would have fired the shit out of me because I'd be like, you better, you better watch the news. Bitch. That coin? Run it. <laughs> Not watch the news. Top Grandma. <laughs> Okay, so psychological experts later argued in the aftermath of the trial that the sisters suffered from, okay, this is so hard for me to say, folie adieu, the condition of shared psychosis. Mm. So the symptoms of this include hearing voices, sense of persecution, um, the capability for inciting violence and perceived self-defense against imagined threats and inappropriate expressions of sexuality, which I'm like, damn, they're all of those. Um, those afflicted with the paranoia will often focus on a mother figure as a persecutor. And in that case, it was Mrs. Lancelin. In some cases, one half of the pair will dominate the other, which was like Christine over Leia. Mm -hmm. So while Christine was in prison, she didn't fare well without her sister. And she exhibited bouts of madness and eventually became severely depressed and despondent. And she even tried to claw her own eyes out. God. Yeah. Um, she was put into a mental institu- institution while her sentence was commuted to life imprisonment instead of being put to death. Um, but soon she would starve herself, and she ended up dying as a result of she that in 1937. She mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much forethought went into that. Like, I wonder if she was so depressed and, like, stressed out that she stopped eating, or if she intentionally was like, I want to die, so I'm not going to eat. Because surely there were easier ways to take your own life, even in prison. Right. right? I don't know. I mean, the reports just say that she starved herself. She was depressed because she wasn't with her sister. And then she died because of it. Which, to die from starvation, like, that's a lot. It takes yeah, a while. It takes a very long time. And it's, I'm sure, like, super painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she died in 1937, and at that time she was 32 years old. Wow. 32. Oh. All of that had happened. And she was only 32. Right. Oof, man. So I miss a meal and I'm like, right. yeah, like I'm a different type of person. I just be swearing. I have a headache. I'm dizzy. I can't do nothing. Listen, no, for real. Starving, and then depending on how much body fat you have, it'll take even longer because mm-hmm. your body's feeding off of that too. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you know what size she was, but still, like yeah. that's so Ooh. much. But I think it could have been a combination of both. It could have been like 
she was depressed and she was just like, I just don't want to be here no more. So mm-hmm. I just. I wonder if she stopped drinking water too. That at least would have made it quicker. Mm-hmm. Like dehydration. Because I think you can only survive a few days without any water. Mm-hmm. Right. It Water is, you need water more than you would need food. Yeah. Damn. So Leo was released after eight years on good behavior in 1941. That's a joke. I'm sorry, it's always really wild to me when people get out for good behavior, good behavior after, after doing committing a like violent yeah, murder. Right. <laughs> so she was sentenced to 10 and she ended up getting out in, after eight. Um, and she was released in 1941 and she was 30 years old. She went to reside with her mother, which I was like, what? girl, what? Why? Not part two. She's the reason for all of this, basically. It's literally the root. Literally. <laughs> so she went to live with her mom and um, she basically lived a long, quiet life under an assumed name and she worked in hotel house- housekeeping. So there's some accounts that said that she died in 1982. But there was a filmmaker. That was like yesterday. <laughs> Listen, you didn't see my jaw. I mean, 1982 would have made her 71. That's still too close for comfort. That's so. What? I don't know. But there was a filmmaker who claimed that he found Leia living in a hospice center in France. And that woman suffered a stroke and was partially paralyzed and unable to speak. And that woman passed away in 2001. So there's no real, they, I mean, most sources say 1982, but then this person claims that they found her. Mm -mm. 2001. Wasn't she born in 1900 something or 1905? 1911. 11. So she would have been 90. I can't do it. That's like around the time my great grandma was born. Yeah, I think it would have been 90 years. Wow. No, uh, I'm gonna go with the 1982. Even though both of those, that's like chilling to the think thing, about. Like she got out at 30, so she walked around at least. If she died in 1982, she was at least 70 something. So she walked out for more than half of her life, walking around living a normal ass life. People passing on the street, having no idea that she gouged somebody's eyes out. Right. I was about to bring up the fact that she was 15, but boy, that is wild. You snatched somebody's eyeballs from their head. That bitch. And left that shit on the stairs. I'm sorry. I would never get over that. That's, yeah. <laughs> she didn't put them in a jar. She didn't like sit them, sit them nicely and delicately by the body. She said, bitch, oops. Like she dropped it at the top of the stairs. Fuck out of here. No. And then this bitch was walking around a whole 30 year old, just like Ooh. dealing with people. Oh, did she tell anybody about the murder? Probably not. She lived under an an, an assumed name. She, she still worked at housekeeping. Never talkative. Yeah, 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 she, she kept to herself. I wonder if she ever had any romantic relationships after that. They I'm so curious. I really doubt I it. I doubt it too. I wonder if she had any run-in with her managers and was like, I just want to tell this nigga what I did. You know what I'm saying? But I still got to just, I'm going to wash these sheets and I'm going to chill because like, he don't know who he fucking with. You know what I mean? He got like, the right one He got time. the right one. <laughs> I was like, I'm amped up. I'm amped. Like, I would just be so, I'm so curious. Oh, no. But I can't interview her. So it's not Yeah. yeah. She lived a long fucking time. And that's yeah, like, that just confirms my theory. Like, evil people live the longest. I don't know what it is. That's all fine. the good people die when they're like 16 to 25 and then like all the evil people get to live 90 the fuck right that's even if she lived to 1982 that the thing is if this had time. happened now she would have never got out of prison yeah no, not even after true. 10 years she would have been there for life yeah no i did recently well i might end up doing this case one day but there was this girl who was influenced by a guy she was dating he was like in his early 20s but she was i think she was like 12 or 13 don't get me wrong but anyway she was convicted as a minor and they like 
committed some violent acts. I'm not going to get super details because I might do the story later. But because she was a minor, she ended up getting out and getting a new identity too. And mm. like they weren't ever able to ever like release like if she was diagnosed with anything. It mm. was like just this, I guess, not cracking the system because the system as a whole, um, it all sucks. But yeah, she got out and hurt. 20s i think and got to live the rest of her life too so like it happens yeah i guess if you're a minor and they can show that you've been influenced or manipulated by somebody who's not a minor Mm -hmm. then there's more room for them to be like okay maybe you were just with the wrong person Mm -hmm. the wrong time you know that's and maybe that's what they did with leia because they said that she was being led by her sister yeah like she wouldn't have done it by herself that's so complex because my gut instinct is like, nah, B, that was that was a lie. You didn't need to do all that. So you don't really need to be anywhere near people. For I know. And then if they really had this condition, the folle adu or whatever, the shared psychosis, that yeah. adds a whole nother layer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, this was this was a fun case to research just because yeah. it was interesting, not because the stuff was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think at this point they know. Yeah, you're not a. I don't think murder is fun. (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's interesting to learn about it. But that's why I won't say that like I have a favorite serial killer, favorite case, because I'm like words mean things, and it's not my. I don't have a favorite serial killer. I think I have some that I find most interesting. Right, it's just the interest in the case. Yeah, Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, y'all. So that was the Papon sisters. Papillon. I'll put all the resources in the show notes and. We'll be back for Should This Be a Crime? Should This Be a Crime? Yes. Stay tuned. All right. We back. Yes, we are. Should this be a crime? Should this be a crime? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. This was a little (laughs) bit harder because, you know, last week we did Sweetie and her nasty ass... I was fucking mac and cheese and lucky charm. I'm so tired of her. I went to McDonald's and they had the whole little sweetie meal on the menu. And I was like, wow, this is a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. It's not on TikTok. It's from real life. It's real life. So the world has become sorry to bother you. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. So this week, um, I... So this is kind of old. I've been like, I've known about this for a while, but then like I saw this article and I did a little bit more research and I found some stuff and I was like, okay, cool. I want to share this with folks and see how they feel about it. So there's this restaurant called The Bando. And <gasps> you've been there? I've gotten it on Uber Eats. Oh my goodness. Just one time. Okay, cool. So you know that they sell like, okay, so basically the whole theme is like, it's a crack house. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. and you walk, and you, <laughs> you walk in, and it's like dishes in the sink, and it's no, like supposed to for real? yeah, it's like oh, it's, the inside looks like the inside looks like a crime scene, like basically like a whole trap house. Like there's like dishes in the sink, and there's supposed to be like I guess like Newports on the table, like smoke, like half smoked Newports on is the this table. For real? No, this is dead ass. And we're so definitely then, gonna add a picture onto the Instagram. Um, so then they also have. Uh, their most controversial dish is called crack wings, and is that what you got? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's lemon. I guess it's like lemon pepper wings or whatever flavor you get with like this sweet and sour like powder on top, like this sweet and savory powder. Totally. And it's supposed to look like crack, like basically all that crack powder. Um, I don't fucking know what the fuck is going on. Um, so I just wanted to read like a little bit of you know. Um, excerpt from this article on butteratl.com um this article is written by mike jordan 
And um, it says, from the outside, Brandon said, it looks like any other wing joint. But once you step inside, you instantly feel like the police are going to raid the place at any moment. Some people would be worried, but I call it an authentic <laughs> ATL bando experience. Um, and the author says, I concur. Nothing from the outside other than having a sign that says the bando prepares you for what it looks like once you walk through the door. And it's definitely an interior design aesthetic that challenges contemporary ideas of what a restaurant should look like in order to appeal to curious customers. So, yeah, so that's basically how they like, you know, I guess kick this off. But then they go, um, I'm trying to go to like exactly how these are presented because Skipping through literally everything else. Um, Not just Will and Jada, Ebony Magazine. (laughs) We're looking at pictures. I just Googled a photo. Oh, yeah, we're looking at pictures. This is, yes, the Bando seriously has a menu item called Crack Wings. And I'm reading off, I'm reading straight off the menu. It's a breaded wing fried to crispy perfection, then seasoned with a sweet and savory powder. That's literally how it's described. Crack Wings are breaded, fried, seasoned with a sweet and savory powder. Um, And then, you know, uh, it's like it's like it's like lemon pepper with powdered sugar on top, I guess. So it's like supposed to have that kettle corn effect. I don't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just want to know what y'all think. I don't know. Like for me, it's the no. But the background of it is that which part is the no though? Is the no the aesthetic? Is it the crack wings? Is it the use of the word crack? Or is it just a no altogether? Like you just I don't think- like the concept. I think the crack wings is what fucks with me, just because. I don't, I don't know. Like, I really don't know how people, from an ableist perspective, I don't know how people view the crack crack epidemic and being yeah. able to, like, benefit off of it. Because I know folks rap about it all the time because they was in that shit. Like, they it's was also crack. a thing, like, I've been seeing on TikTok and I've been seeing young white people saying crackhead energy. Oh, like, that's, yeah. that's something that's been, stop. like, a thing. I see it all over TikTok. I've never really liked that phrase. I don't like making light of people dealing with addiction. I would say the food is good, and I. <laughs> that's not the focus of this conversation. <laughs> the food is good, though. Um, I don't know. It's just so difficult for me with like black folks like taking our struggle and making it something else because I think we should be allowed to do so. But when it comes to like who has because we can't gatekeep a restaurant, yeah, you, know you can't. I mean? Yeah. So when the gentrifiers come in, they want right. to go to the bando, and this article saying they're going to have an authentic bando experience and this fetishization of like the hood, and then it gets weird for me. And yeah. I feel like, like, I mean, I don't know what their intentions are, but it to me, it's giving. That's what they want. Yeah, is they want the people who want to have a bando, crack wings, whatever experience, who wouldn't have access to that otherwise yeah yeah and they come to this place and they can pretend they're in a crack house Eating and then go home crack wings right. crack wings I don't that's kind of what it, it's giving me that but yeah. i also don't know their intentions so they said their intention is to start a school uh, which is not what that I was like a hard yeah that was for me and that's why i said like i don't know if this should be a crime because it's like <laughs> to start a school that was like a hard right i guess which is the opposite of a hard like, i don't know i really don't because yeah okay says so he says the idea came about when he and his business partner terrence bradshaw um were brainstorming ways and ideas to generate funds for a school that they aspire to open burke and bradshaw are former teachers who met at kip and formed a mentoring program for young black men called Building Better Brothers Academy. Their stated goal is to create a school unlike any other 
for the Atlanta community. Well, now what does that mean? And to take at-risk boys and help mold them into positive young men using a culturally competent curriculum. And my thing is, like, I'm all for black men protecting other black men. Because mm-hmm. that's who the fuck needs to be protecting black men. Black women have been doing it since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I support the fuck out of that. Do whatever you need to do to keep these young black boys from, you know, going to the school to prison pipeline and all that shit. Right. But crack wings, though, like, I, I feel like yeah. I don't see the connection. It's, it's not, not there for me. And I feel like a even cuter kind of idea would have been like a lunch like a like a school lunch kind of environment like oh, like that would have been so cute the little school, about right. to open up the newest uh, right. <laughs> schoolhouse <laughs> wings right school literally <laughs> that's so cute that, that is very cute. cute that is so fucking cute and it's just like they could have pulled you could have pulled up it don't have to be buffet style but you could like order with the lunch lady or whatever that's cute mm-hmm. and then you know, you know what i mean like y'all gonna do like tm tm no one take it <laughs> all right you heard it here first folks <laughs> Damn. You owe me some wings. Damn. Hot lemon pepper, please. <laughs> with the shit on top. Yes. No. I don't I don't like no soup with my savory. Um I what I'm honestly more confused about is the fact that we created a whole business to create a business. I just don't know like why didn't we write a grant or like Yeah. You yeah. know, there's so many raise. other ways. And I mean I'm sure they they have like their reasoning and I'm sure it makes sense. And it will continue to be a profitable business so that they can i guess continue their to fund the school like for however long but it just seems like so much work like opening a restaurant is super hard work yeah, especially a wing restaurant in atlanta there's about 50 limb right yeah, 50 limb. <laughs> which is maybe i mean maybe that's where they were coming from they wanted yeah. to stand out and i mean mm-hmm. we're talking about them we're not talking about jr crickets yeah right. so that's, that's also because yeah. jr crickets wings are trash but. oh yeah that, that is another <laughs> but they i mean maybe us. that's what they were going for and they just didn't have the wherewithal to think that it is like not appropriate that's kind of how mm. i feel i don't know maybe yeah, they don't no. care maybe they feel it is appropriate because i mean some people think that everything sh- can be profited off of you know uh-huh. what i mean and mm-hmm. they th- those are the same people that are always like separate the art from the artist and they just like don't mind feeding the machine no matter what it takes you mm-hmm. know right which i had take issue with but i also can't single-handedly you know create the fall of capitalism so right yeah but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. So that is interesting. what is the verdict? <laughs> I think it's a crime. I'm sorry. Like and, <laughs> I and even though even though I support, you know, you know, black men helping out black boys and shit yes. and teaching them, I just feel like there's always another way. And, you know, having a lens on, you know, ableism and like black liberation before you do things like this is definitely imperative because you don't want to start a business and then like it ends up closing down or you end up getting shut down because of public opinion or something like that. Yeah. When I had to do is like a little bit of research or whatever. Yeah. But all in all, even though I think it's crime, like I hope they meet their goal. Like, I yeah. hope, you know, they, they're they able to start the school, school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and you said their food was good. So the, yeah. food, the food slaps. Yeah. And maybe this will spurn more discussion. I mean, this, the article that you read from seems to be a positive opinion. Mm-hmm. So I wonder mm-hmm. how many people are having this, conversation like what we're talking about but right you know i do wish them the best i don't know if i'd call it a crime i'd say a ticketable offense <laughs> citation <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a call in um, but yeah no now i want some wings 
Right. <laughs> Let's go to the bando. Right. Let's check it out for ourselves. Let's have this authentic experience. Um, all right. Cute. Yep, that's it for me. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, yes, another week. Episode. Yes, this, this is the fifth episode. The fifth. This is ah, the fifth one. We reached multiples of five now. <laughs> right. So you can find us on all the socials. Our Instagram is at I and a Killer Podcast. Our uh, Twitter is at I and a Killer Pod. Our email address is I and a Killer Podcast at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. And there is a Facebook page. It's not super active right now. I think it's just more of a placeholder until. We see whether or not y'all want to have a little discussion group with us. Yeah, yeah so let us know that. if we should start a group. <laughs> yes, listen, y'all. Engage. I'm here to talk to y'all. Okay. <laughs> I ain't got shit to do. I'm in school. My license is suspended. <laughs> okay, I ain't got shit to do. Please, please call me. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> All right. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.